Welcome to Missionary Roundtable with your host, Kale Horvath. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Missionary Roundtable, the podcast all about the Great Commission and international missions. My name's Kale. I am a pastor and a missionary to the country of Hungary. So glad you guys could be joining us again today. Um, we like to talk to missionaries and pastors who are engaged in doing Great Commission work, whether that's international missions um, or playing a part or a role in that. Um, it's always good to hear people who are in the ministry and have experience doing it, talk about it, talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff, strategy, uh, practical ways to prepare, all that kind of stuff. If you've never listened to this podcast before, go back and check out the other seasons and episodes we have. We've had so many different types of conversations with different people, um, even just uh, guys telling their story like uh, like last week. Um, I love having a place just for people to tell their story about what how God prepared them for what they're doing today and what God is doing with them today. Um, today we have a special episode. Uh, this is an interview with my wife, Brooke Horvath, and she's going to be talking about being a missionary mom and wife, but also just kind of um, uh, really just our story, um, but from her perspective and her angle. I'm, I'm frequently, I find myself answering questions from people about, you know, how did your wife feel called to missions? How does your wife deal with this? And I can answer to the best of my knowledge, but it's always, you know, obviously better to hear straight from her. And so in this episode, you'll hear her talk about a lot of those different things. Um, and specifically in regards to being a mom and, and a wife on the mission field. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Take a listen. So Brooke, you're my wife. <laughs> yes. It's been, uh, 10 years. It has been 10 it's years. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That, uh, how old were we when we started dating? It's actually good to have this conversation with you because my memory is so terrible. When people ask me when I'm, like, visiting churches and stuff, like, when did you meet? When Like, well, it was high school, roughly. <laughs> yes. So those are the little details that my mind can remember. So we were actually, uh, it was, we were 17, Really? Almost 18. Yeah, yeah. We so, weren't 18 yet, were we? No. We went to homecoming huh. in October, That's and we nuts. would have turned 18 in the beginning of the next year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're getting close to being like half of our lives together. It's crazy. You know, what do we got to get to 34, 35 ish? Yeah. So, but we dated, you know, senior year of high school and then mm -hmm. uh, got married. Well, we, I mean, we got engaged and then got married at 21. Mm -hmm. And um, people always ask me, they always ask me these questions for you because you're, you're not, your personality isn't to be up in front of people and to talk. No. I kind of had to twist your arm to do this. Um, but it's literally just you and me in a room with nobody else here, no camera. So makes it easier. I, it'll be fine. Um, but people always ask me, so like, how, how does your wife, how did your wife find hungry? Like, did she feel called to mission? Because, you know, people always want to know, like, is mm -hmm. the wife called to missions or is she just submitting to her husband, which, like, that's a bad thing or something. But, <laughs> right. But, like, okay, I always tell people, I don't, you, you probably remember the story better than I do. I just remember that I told you either when we were engaged or before we got engaged, 
definitely before we were married that I wanted to be a pastor mm-hmm. and in ministry. And that was my dream and my goal. And uh, I like told you, like, don't marry me if you're if you if you don't want that, because because I'm not going to be like a nine to five guy. That's all I knew. I didn't know I was going to be a missionary back then. But we kind of maybe your memory is clear how that went. But I just remember giving you the out at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think it was before we even got engaged. Like when we were starting to get more serious and head toward thinking about and talking about marriage. Yeah, Yeah, you were just, you were really like straightforward with me, which I really appreciated. And, And we did. We had the conversation and you told me basically like what you said that, you know, you're planning on having a life of ministry and what that looks like, you weren't sure, but you knew you wanted to pursue being a pastor and, and like you said, not having a nine to five job. And, you know, it, it could lead to missions, you know, you, you weren't sure what it would be. And so if that wasn't something that I was interested in or wanted to do with my life, then yeah, basically, you know, don't marry me, you know? Yeah. And I, I hopefully didn't say it in a bold no. Um, way like that but it it was I I just remember wanting to tell you that like this is the goal with my life if that's not what you want to do then like let's not let's let's start off on the same foot you know right how can two walk together unless they be agreed that was the idea right yeah I gave you the the very you know there there are people that you know um a girl marries a guy he's a whatever does whatever for a living and Mm -hmm. God calls him in the ministry later in life right and they adjust eventually. I mean, obviously yeah. women are, you know, they, they can adjust to anything that they put their mind to and submit to the Lord about, but it's harder for them because they're like, I didn't, I didn't marry a pastor. Right. But for you, maybe talk about that in, in regards to ministry and then later missions, like what, because you knew from the beginning, did that make it easier? It did. It did. And I would say, like you said, no, it didn't come off that harsh. You didn't say it that harsh you said it more, you know, is that something that you would want to do with your life as well? Like, is that something you're interested in doing, having a life of ministry? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in church and so I feel like just like you were very similar, you know, church was m- the main thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I was definitely interested in doing you ministry. you got saved when you were a kid too. Like I did. I was 10. Yeah. I think I was like eight. Yeah. And yeah. so... Yeah, so Sim- similar upbringings as far as that's concerned, like right. going to church. Yeah, and always serving, you mm-hmm. know, in more, anything more than and everything. Just Sunday attenders. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Being a part of ministry wasn't foreign to you. No, not at all, not at all. And oh yeah, we were always anytime there was any kind of anything at church, any event or yeah opportunity to serve. I was always doing that even as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you had told me that it, it wasn't anything that would have been stranger that I didn't want because that's just always what I wanted anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I knew what that looked like, but I knew I always wanted to be very involved in ministry and in church, no matter what it was. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, it was a very nice, um, I really appreciated how honest you were about it because had I not wanted that, I, it would have, it would, it was a nice heads up, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like, I mean, I don't remember that well back then, but I, that wouldn't have been our first conversation about ministry. I mean, 
No, that and was all that we did. I right. mean, when, when you first met me, it was a church youth group and I was leading worship. So, I mean, it was right. like, it wasn't an out of nowhere. Right. You know, like we were dating for two or three years and I was like, I'm going to join the army. Are you cool with that? It, right, it was, right. You know, it wasn't out of the blue. No. Um, but so if we fast forward, you know, we get married and then we go on our first missions trip to Hunger. That was our first missions trip as a couple, wasn't it? Like yes. we didn't go anywhere else out of the country. No, as, as a missions trip, um, that would have been my first time out of the country. No, for, no, because we really? we went on hunt. We went on. Oh, I guess I'm thinking so, like I mean, I, it's not a missions trip, but I mean we we left the country together. <laughs> that was our first time. missions trip. Yeah, 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 that was our first missions trip to to Cancun. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we got married in 2012, and then 2014 is when we went to Hungary the first time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I, I distinctly remember my feelings about that trip, but what was going through your head on that first trip? Because that there, there's a lot of funny memories about that trip as far as like, <laughs> yeah. um, even the, the friends we went with from the other church from Wildwood, um, would remember, you know, it's very, uh, um, lightheartedly dubbed the dog camp year because of right. the, the facilities. <laughs> right. Um, but, but it was a very cool thing. And, you know, we saw, I don't even know, 60, 80 kids there. Oh yeah. There was um, a bunch. And just for me, that was one of the first times getting to see ministry done in a foreign context. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a church, you know, it's not like no. we weren't partnering with the ministry. There was no. just an open door. Yeah. Um, but what, what was that like for you? What was going through your head the first time or, or even at the end of the trip and you were looking mm-hmm. back on it? Oh, man. I mean, going into it, I was obviously nervous just because I didn't know what to expect. But um, I would have been young, too, 22, yeah. 23. Yeah, somewhere yeah. along there. Um, but I was excited from the very beginning. And I think with you being half Hungarian and, and me knowing that, it was kind of cool just to see, like, this is kind of part of where Kale's from. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. interesting me to too, me, yeah. you know? It wasn't just some place Prior to random. that trip, I would have never thought that I would have had the chance to see where my family was from. Right, you know? so, right. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was exciting because for me, it was, it was instantly, like, I don't even know. Like, whenever the kids got there that first day, I mean, they were so they were just so excited to see us. And I just remember, um, and of course, having, I mean, there, always, there were kids that weren't right. You know, of but, course. but the majority were of just course. excited to like, these Americans want to hang out with me. Only right. Right. Like, why are they here? Yeah. yeah. And so they were so interested. And, um, I just remember I had a little group of like three or four kids and, and they were just, they grabbed my hand and they were just running me around the whole entire camp mm-hmm. and just pointing at something and saying the word in Hungarian and then looking at me and waiting for me to say it. And then as soon yeah. as I would, they would get so excited and just leading me all around. So that mm-hmm. was like, you know, the the first thing that happened. And I it, oh, I can't even explain to you. I was, I was so excited. And it was... Um, Did you have any inklings that first year about, you know being called there in the future. I, I, I don't know that I, honestly, I don't remember if I did because we, before we moved here, I lost track. We, mm-hmm. I came personally like eight times or yeah, something. Yeah, you were here a lot more. It wasn't quite 10, but seven, right. eight, nine, something like that. Um, you had been here, what, three or four times? Yeah, I think f- um, four. I think so four. So like, it, it wasn't like we just, we went to mission school 
No. And then <laughs> picked a place and then did a scout trip and then moved there. It was like no, not we, at all. we had been coming here right. for years. I mean, t- 2014 was our first trip and then we moved here at the end of 2020. So we had been mm-hmm. coming for six years. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily had a feeling that like, or like a, th- a thought that this could be the place or, or that we could do that. But I guess I was having th- more thoughts of like, I could do this. Like, this would be uh, a really I cool see. place. Just in general. Like, yeah. I, could, I could do this. Because I really just instantly felt, I don't even know how to explain Because I would it. have surrendered my life to missions before that yeah. trip. It was at the end of Same. 2012. Yeah. It so was, yeah, yeah, that's a cool yeah, so Story. we had like an idea that we, you know, we were planning mm-hmm. on doing missions. And same, so we, same missions conference, but not together, like in separately right. and individually. God right. touched our hearts about yeah. surrendering to missions. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so. Um, so we were at least now thinking about yes. missions yeah. in the future, though. When you're 23 and you surrender your heart to missions, you don't know when that's going to happen. No, you know, no. You know, even when you're 23, 25 sounds like it's an eternity away. It does. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like a year or two sounds exactly. like forever. Right. And I just instantly loved the, just the, the cult, just everything. The culture, the language mm-hmm. just sounded really cool to me. Yeah. And, and I just... I just loved the place. I don't know, mm-hmm. like stepping off the the airplane and getting out of the airport and just seeing it. I was just like, mm-hmm. I just remember being like, wow, like mm-hmm. this just feels really. And there's something about it being the first mission yeah. trip too, of course. I mean, it'd be naive not to say that, but right. like you've been other places I too. have, and that's the thing. And, and, the, and those are cool places. Absolutely. I've been other places and they're cool places, but it's never been It's never been the, the same. same. Right. As when we arrive here and you like you you get into the airport and you step outside the airport with your luggage mm-hmm. and you like breathe in oh, deeply yeah. and you're like ah, Oh yeah, like we're back. Yes. Like you no, know? like we did that for years before we ended up we moving did. here. And so at least for me, I don't remember when you had ended up coming back the next time, but mine mm-hmm. was from two thousand fourteen and then I didn't go again into till until two thousand seventeen. That's right. And I, went, so, I went in 2016 because there was nobody went in 2015. Right. And so it was like that feeling, like mm-hmm. you said. like It had been several yeah, years. Yeah, several years and stepping off the airplane and out of the airport and just being like, like this almost yeah. feels just like a home away from home almost. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it was just different. And, and prior to that, I had been to another country too. Yeah, Nothing so against in, that. But. I know that story. So in that vein, maybe that story plays into this answer. But did you feel personally called to Hungary or were you just, quote unquote, following your husband like a good little <laughs> Baptist <laughs> wife or whatever? You know, <laughs> and I, the story you were referencing, I think, maybe plays into that. But um, going to Albania by yourself. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, so I did end up going to Albania, um, in 2016 just to, um, obviously I wanted to, it was a medical missions trip. So, um, I worked at an eye doctor at the time, so it was a great opportunity and it was a great, great trip. And um, you went without me. That and I went without thing. Kale. That was, yeah, I went that to was Hungary a big thing. Week, actually. Was it the same exact week? Yeah. We were both in Europe. So you yeah. were in Hungary and I was in Albania mm-hmm. and that was a, yeah, before definitely a big kids. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we had kids. And so, um, just being on another missions trip in a different country other than Hungary 
was um, big for me, especially, um, you know, obviously there were other people from FBC that went with our group and Mm -hmm. some that didn't as well. So, um, you know, I wasn't completely alone, but without you and just in another place, it was a good experience to almost, like you said, to, to make sure that it wasn't just the first place I went to is just the one that I Mm -hmm. wanted um, or the only place I had went to was... You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. But even the place, though, just what about missions in general? Did that trip do anything for you that, like, was a confirmation about just being called to missions individually? Like, obviously, when you get... I mean, theologically, when we get married, we're one flesh. Right. You know what I mean? So what what the Lord calls us to do, we Mm -hmm. are going to do together. But just you as an individual, did going to Albania without me... And just, you know, because, you know, in ministry, I mean, pastors, wives, they, they, they're sometimes they're, they're in the background and they're Mm -hmm. just doing whatever needs to be done. But this was you stepping out on your own. Yeah. You know, did that factor in it at all? Or was there any experience Um, you had that uh, was just confirmation? Uh, yeah, I guess it was, it was definitely, um, going without you, it was, I, like, I'm stumbling on my words here. It's fine. <laughs> Just bringing up, like, emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, it was. Because I knew going in, like, when I was there and just being able to, you know, help these people. Now, I worked in the eye clinic, but we were in the in this big gym. And the eye clinic was actually, half of it was the eye clinic in the gym. And the other half was... Um, the people from the church who mm-hmm. was, a- who were actually, um, getting to share the gospel with the people after they were seen, um, no matter where they were seen, this is where they, where they went next. And so it was really cool just to be able to witness the P the local people there, mm-hmm. um, and sharing the gospel with the people that needed it. And so not only, you know, the physical needs, but then the spiritual needs as well. And so, um, just getting to, be there and be a part of that. Like, I just knew I wanted, I definitely wanted to, to do something more along, Mm -hmm. like with those regards, more something like reaching the people that, um, that are just in a different place. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There was just something about the, um, being out of the U S and, and really seeing, sure. Seeing the difference in the world and, yeah. yeah, I don't know. No, I, no, I get And I it. would say, like, at the same time, obviously, like, for me, I want to do, and I, I trust that that you um, are listening to what God is telling you and aren't going to lead us astray. So wherever you would say that you thought that we needed to go, that the Lord was telling you we needed to, I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But definitely just being able to go on that trip, um, but really mainly for me was going to Hungary because that's just Several the one that times. touched yeah, my yeah. heart the most. Sure. Sure. Um, well, was the big one that, that yeah. really made the, the difference. Like I want to do this for mm-hmm. sure. Like I definitely feel like this is something that the Lord wants me to do yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so. no, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, we have a son, Yeah. Judah, he's four years old now. Um, as a mom, that's going to be kind of the, th- the main theme of the, uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you're going to 
not feel like you can speak authoritatively as being a missionary mom because we haven't been on the field that long, you know, right? going on two years. and um, But but still, so, you know, the language learning process, you know, that's our been our main goal the first two years of being on the field is language learning. And mm-hmm. um, people always, always ask how that's going for me. Um, then they'll ask for you, but I can't really speak authoritatively to that. I always just tell people, well, this is where I'm at. And, uh, and Judah's learning going to preschool and, you know, Brooke's learning at a slower pace intentionally because she's a mother. Um, but how, how has that process been for you, um, as a mom juggling Mm -hmm. because you have other responsibilities. Like for me, obviously I have to be a dad too, but, but at this stage with little kids, it's like you do a lot of the work. I mean, you, you, you really do. So it's like I, you know, I, I have a couple of main goals and language learning is one of them. I devote several hours a day to it at this point. Um, but you've, we intentionally discussed you going at a slower rate. Mm-hmm. And so you, uh, twice a week, you have uh, a lesson with a private teacher mm-hmm. and you've been doing that since we got here, essentially, a little after yeah. we arrived. Um, and ha- how has that process been for you? Um just in general? Um, it's honestly been really good. I really like only doing it two days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think because of having Judah, I could do much more than that. Um, so it is at a slow pace and I'm aware I'm going to be in school For a, a lot longer <laughs> than you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going really good. I really, really have a good teacher um, who um, is really good and aware at seeing how I learn and progress and like working mm-hmm. around that. And she's, she, you know, she's totally understanding of, you know, cause my classes usually, as you know, when Judah is napping. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if, uh, he doesn't nap and he comes in and I, you know, he won't stay out and I'm trying mm-hmm. to have a lesson if, if you're gone, I should say, yeah, normally you're true. watching him. Right. Um, you know, she's so good at, you know, bringing up stuffed animals into the camera and, mm-hmm. and helping distract him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going great. I really am enjoying, um, learning another language. It's definitely really hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's, it's really fun. I've always wanted to learn one. And so I think, um, yeah, it's going good. It's kind of cool. I always tell people too, it's kind of cool that we're learning it as a family because even though Judah's little and he can't quite compartmentalize each individual language, he's aware that we're that we're like, yeah. oh, we're on a team and we're learning this language right. together and we help each other and we practice. Like, he's very much aware of that. He is. He and is. He, he helps you. He's sometimes a little oh butthole my gosh. and he, he, you know, will correct you oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, he will. <laughs> and and I'll, sometimes he's just wrong. And I'm like, no, Judy, you're, you're wrong, man. Your friends might say that, but that's just incorrect. <laughs> I know. He, I don't even remember what it was, but he did that to me the other day. Like, I said, I said, oh, I know. I said, uh... I said uh, the letter C with K instead of T. Oh, yeah. And so I said the word wrong. You, you pronounced it. I pronounced it wrong, an English way, and he corrected me. It's this mommy and, and said it. Like, it uh-huh. was, I was like, oh, excuse me. And But he does so good because he will help me. Mm-hmm. I'll ask him, you know, Judah, what's that in Hungarian? And, and you know, if he you hope he's telling you the right thing. Well, but yeah, that's true. He'll usually say it. or Well, if it's a word you know and forgot... Yeah. Then you know. If you actually right. don't know it and he Man, says, oh, I don't it's know this. if like, I trust him. I don't know him. if I trust you, dude. <laughs> right. Because uh, you're a little fibber. But. Right. He'll just make up something. <laughs> but yeah, so has it been, uh, 
frustrating that you're going slower than than me and and obviously Judah because he's you know learning at a, mm-hmm. a child's rate, or has it not bothered you because because I'm going ahead I can mm-hmm. I can help you and I and we do we talk about yeah. things in the lessons that you're going through now that I went through before right honestly I think that part has been super helpful for me the fact that you're um, you are ahead of me um, because. You know, the teachers can explain it, but there's something about being on the learning side of it that right. you're able to explain and as a, it in a different an way. You're learning this language. Right, yeah. right. So that part of it has been really nice and super helpful. Um, I would say the only thing it's not necessarily frustrating, but if, you know, it can be, I can be a little discouraged sometimes just thinking of the fact that how long I'm it's probably going to be in it yeah. before I can talk. Especially uh-huh. considering the difficulty of this language yeah, in particular. Yeah, because um, I've noticed like I've been able to pick up more of what people are saying, mm-hmm. um, but it's the speaking part that just seems to be so yeah. hard. And so I can, you know, understand like what our neighbor is saying, but I can't always answer back to him. So that's, that's kind of whenever it would mm-hmm. get a little frustrating. But as far as like the school part and learning goes... I'd say I'm I'm okay with the mm-hmm. pace that I'm going other than it's just well, going to be a I've while. I've told you this before, too. It's hard to explain, but considering I was – when we first got here, I was doing intensive courses the first four or five months. Yeah. And so where you're at currently in your level using the same textbooks that I used, you know more mm-hmm. at this point in the textbooks than I did mm-hmm. because I was pushing forward so fast and I didn't That's have anyone true. in my life that knew and could help me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though it's taken you longer to get here, you still know more at this point in the textbooks and the courses yeah. than I did That's because you've learned words going to the grocery store, talking to Judah, yeah, whatever. You're more comfortable with numbers than I was back then. You know what right. I mean? And so, um, Little things like that is I like I I actually think I I don't think that your language learning is going to be a straight linear trajectory. Like Mm -hmm. I I think it's going to be a bit of a bell. And you know what I mean? It's going to like start to accelerate because I've even seen that with me is there's points where it accelerates and plateaus, accelerates and plateaus. But for you, I I don't I think once you start to accelerate, it's going to go faster because you've got all this passive vocabulary Mm -hmm. and random knowledge that you've picked up but maybe can't put together. And right. then as and then as you learn it in the books, you're like, oh, OK, got it. But yes. when you're learning it like for the first time ever and you're like, what? And you have zero <laughs> context for like yeah. how in the heck that works. It, it's harder. So, yeah, I, sure. yeah I, I think even though you're, you're taking longer to do it, you're further you're, or, or, or you knew, you just know more of the language than I did at that level. Right. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because, like you said, you you were in those intensive courses. And so you just learned so much right at once like all at once mm-hmm. really fast where it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. We weren't literally, we were in lockdowns yeah. in this country until man, almost the first six months that we were here. Right. Curfews. Oh yeah. Nothing open except for gas stations, pharmacies, that and was crazy. grocery stores. So it's like you couldn't even, and it was winter. Yeah. Like so what are you going to do? Go out to the park and find somebody to, to talk to no it was winter time and people were staying inside and so Mm -hmm. it was that was tough but now you know you go to the park judah makes a friend instantly like oh yeah every time and then you can try to talk to the parent the kid and so that it's different it is Um, it really is so i'm glad you're not frustrated there's definitely frustrating things yeah frustrating things and and just like you know learning some grammar just times 
sometimes gets frustrating. Hard. Yeah, especially <laughs> when you don't you, understand. If you don't feel like you were ever particularly strong in grammar, never have in been. English. Nope. You know, just because yeah. you're fluent in a language doesn't mean that you're advanced. I no. guess is a weird. Is, I don't know if that's the correct way to put it, but right. you know what I mean. It's like I breaking things down. I've oh, become yeah. better at English grammatically. Me too. Speaking since starting to learn this language because you have to learn what things like accusative case mm -hmm. and uh definite and indefinite oh, yeah. articles mean you, you just right. you have to know so that you can make the comparison to english and be like yeah. oh okay Absolutely. direct object gotcha yeah and i Dodge. literally told my language teacher pretend i know no grammar at all even in <laughs> english and explain yeah. anything like grammar wise a word or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, just so I can fully grasp and understand what you're saying, especially with you teaching me another language. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. All right. Let, let's move into more of the, the mom stuff here. Okay. Um, when we, when we moved, it was in the middle of a pandemic, of course. Um, but let's, if that's even possible, forget about that part of it <laughs> and just, uh, but because that was so much of us getting here was in spite of the right. pandemic. Um, but what was scary for you as a mom about moving to Hungary with a, with a two-year-old? Because Judah was two, two and a half at that point. Yeah. Um, was it, was there, I don't know, what was going through your mind? Because I, I had a million things going through my mind. And so, right. and like so many of them were like logistics and I didn't, it's like I had to compartmentalize and I couldn't think about that mm -hmm. until we got here. Right. But just making that whole move, not the day of, but just that whole, the process leading up to it and getting here. Um, I mean, he was our first child. We only had one when we moved here. So everything right. was, every, when you have your first kid, every stage is a new stage because mm -hmm. you have no experience with it. And so now we have a two and a half year old and we're going to move across the world. What, what was going through your mind? Um, gosh, a lot of things. Just because of, like you said, moving across the world, there was just so many emotions and stuff. And so I think, did you say the thing that like kind of scared me? Well, I mean, did anything scare you or I mean, um, I think were you it, uncertain or was there yeah. anything that you were just worried about? Honestly, one of my biggest things was um, just coming here and, and not being able to speak the language, know the area and knowing that I need to Just still the be the, yeah, and still knowing that I, you know, I, I'm the one that, um, you know, I need to, obviously you, you really helped a lot through this. So that calmed me, but, uh, you know, figuring out where the grocery store is, how do we get mm -hmm. food? I can't talk to these people. How do I pay for this stuff? Yeah, that's right. And, sure. um, having a two year old, uh, and, and he was such a, you know, social little thing. Yeah. And so that part was hard just because, you know, you don't know anybody. But mostly the pandemic, though. That, that affected regard. a lot of it. So it's because hard it's like to. If, if he could just go to the park and play with kids, he'll make friends. Right. And but so. I, I, if any, Actually, we've talked about this before. I feel like God gave us the right kid oh, first. Really did. That, to enable us to do this because he's so flexible and he's such a he social is. butterfly. He is. That it's actually enabled us to be able to do this yeah. easier he has really made it his personality has made it the easiest i think that it could be on a mom and a dad obviously yeah um for sure and so uh those were my big things and not um having a car 
and having yeah, to figure out yeah. the public. I was afraid of the I public transportation. Were. I did not go you on it Judah for months. You and kind of hunkered down for a few months. And I'm a homebody. And it was cold, man. <laughs> we got here in December. And that was part and so of it. We had December, January, February. So the first three months. Mm-hmm. Y'all kind of stayed in. We did. Um, we really it did. It was cold, and it was the pandemic, and we didn't know anything. Yeah. And we didn't have a car, and we didn't know how to use public transportation. And, and it's not like... And so I just went out, and I got the groceries, and we yeah. and, I, and we figured stuff out, and we found where stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that definitely took a toll, because by the time spring came and they started to open things up, y'all were ready to get out. And that's when yes. you kind of finally started to venture out on your own. Yeah. And, yeah. And I started to get more busy, and I'm like, babe, I need you to take care of the groceries and which helps me because (laughs) i almost needed that little push as silly as it sounds i was just a chicken about going on the public trans my two things were like public transportation we had never and the language yeah Mm -hmm. i just have like this nervous feeling of um going out and someone trying to speak to me or tell me something and i have no idea what they're saying and just i don't know that just made me nervous like trying to go to the store and pay and them trying to tell yeah. me things and me not understand you eventually get used to it which oh, yeah, is a it's weird thing to say. Now. <laughs> you just get used to not understanding everything yeah at first it's kind of a pride thing you don't want to look dumb and then you right. just get used to looking dumb right and yeah, it's or, totally or you fine. reply something you're super confident you're like oh i know what you said and i'm gonna respond and then they stare at you like like what did you just say and you're like right oh i just said something stupid or i, I answered a question they did not ask <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that I think I do that more often. I assume yeah. from the context they're asking something, and then yeah. it's like they didn't. My default <laughs> is just to say yes in Hungarian. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And sometimes they just are like, what? I didn't ask you a yes or no question. No. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if I answered it, uh, your yeah, original yeah. question. Well, so but. was there anything that you did intentionally – or maybe unintentionally that you realize later that you were just tr- as a mom trying to, to make the move easier for Judah. Um, you know, cause it, it's not just a move to another place. It's a move right. halfway across the world away from friends and family. Um, I would say, which this also helped in deputation. I tried to make any room, any bedroom he was in the same. So, yeah. I tried to, you know, have his blankies, have his toys he sleeps with. Often I, to my chagrin because <laughs> it was quite the uh, package of things that we had to yeah. haul around. But you're right, though. You were very adamant about that even in deputation because whether we were staying in hotels or spare bedrooms mm-hmm. or people's basements or whatever, yeah. you were always trying to have some sort of constants. Yes. Because everything in life was a variable since he was what? Right. One years old. Yeah. And so, (laughs) oh yeah. So he's always been in some, you know, always in different places that he doesn't recognize, not his bedroom. And as he was getting older and being more aware, I just wanted him to feel like we may not be in his room, but this is kind of like his room. So, you know, that sound machine with the, mm-hmm. the nightlight projector. And so yeah, I just tried so like to make it. a projector that shoots like little stars up on the ceiling yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So um, for him, I tried to make. Machine, yeah, the sound machine. that And music. His, yeah, that was an accident. But yeah, his music, he, he likes to listen to your music when he yeah. sleeps. Um, and so there were just like several things as far as that goes for him that I, if I made his room the same with that stuff, mm-hmm. he seems to sleep fine as if he was at home. Sure. 
Um, How long after we moved here, he didn't sleep with us but a couple nights. Because he's never, since we were little, he's never slept with us. No. We've always, that's always been very important to us. He's mm-hmm. always slept in his own room since he was about, I don't even know, six or eight weeks old. And he, yeah, and he's always um, been really good with it. Um, yeah, but then, you know, obviously that first night or two that we were here, it was, yeah. was crazy. Everything was new. We're in a new empty apartment. Right. Um, and but it wasn't but a couple nights before and we was, moved him into his room. And, right. Because and, I and think... he did fine. He did. He did. Because I think being on deputation in different things and... It prepared him You know, that. living in your parents' house. You know, him just being mm-hmm. in different rooms. It prepared him to... Right. So to him, he didn't know that we weren't just in a... a new, in a yeah, new place. And that's so fair. I think, you know, the first couple nights... You know, obviously, it was emotional for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, he was only in there a few nights. And then once he was in his room, he was fine. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make it exciting for him and stuff. And and I brought, um, you know, wall decorations from his bedroom and Mm -hmm. tried to make it look as much like his room as it Mm -hmm. could. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And so I, I guess, like, if we're just thinking about people, future missionaries... Missionaries on deputation, mm-hmm. missionaries getting ready to head to the field. Like, if we're just taking that into advice, that is something that seemed to work really well. Yes. Is just for your kids, everything is always changing. And kids are flexible. They really are. Yeah. You, you get worried because you see how distraught emotionally they are mm-hmm. one day, but then, like, three days later, they're fine. But, like, if you can just give them as many constants as you can fashion, As you can bring you know, along with you. as simple as a room. You know, m- making it feel comfy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, that was, I, I, I think that was just I think huge that was for something him. You did that you made sure to do that, that really helped. Thank you. Um, so we were here, we moved in December of 2020. You know, nothing really opened up until May, June of the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started venturing out, found a small church to go to on yeah. Sundays because we obviously weren't really starting much, we didn't have much ministry to do at that point. Um, and, uh, that summer, you know, just starting to venture out and really make home home, make this mm-hmm. country our home. Um, but it wasn't until I think it really didn't start to feel like home until Judah started school, I agree. Um, which would have been the fall of last year. So he just, you know, recently back in June completed, mm-hmm. uh, his first full school year. Do you want to yeah. explain just that process of like, I always try to explain to people because we say that, okay, so he's going to something that's called Oboda mm-hmm. and that means kindergarten literally, Yeah. but it's not the same as America. So can you just explain to people what, what, what school has he been going to? I tell people mm-hmm. it's kind of like preschool, but what, what, what did he do this past year for school and oh. why was that super helpful to not just him, but, but to us oh, and to you? It was very <laughs> helpful for me. Um, so, yeah, so he, when we signed him up, he started going, um, I would drop him off at the school at 830 and pick him up at 1230. Um, so as far as it helping me, it freed up my mornings. It gave us a routine. That was um, big. That was the huge. We needed a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helped us a lot. And with the pandemic, we were just always 
right with each other. So I think it was. They got you two up some separation. You two were yeah. kind of at each other's necks. We were. We were. Six, eight months of right. up together. Oh, yeah. So that was really good for both of us. Um, but that helped. That opened up my mornings to, because, you know, having a little kid, it's hard to get things done. And they yeah. constantly just want your attention, which is fine. Chores but, and errands. And yeah. So I could do all that stuff in the morning and ho- and do my homework and stuff like that. So that was the biggest thing for me. Um, so for him, I would I would take him in um, in the mornings, and um, it was so good for him. He within a couple gosh a couple weeks he had there's twenty kids in his class. He had all their names memorized. Yeah. He knew exactly like he things was so about him. So excited to have oh, friends yeah. again. It was so huge did, for it him. It did not matter to him that he couldn't speak to him. He didn't it care. Did not matter. And he has such a personality that he is like a go getter, and he doesn't care. Um, at all that he couldn't speak to him. He's mm-hmm. just going to go join in and have fun and make friends and somehow yeah. end up being like the little leader of the group. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it was very big for him. So um, he was obviously... It well, was, let's really quick. So explain. Yeah. So Ovoda mm-hmm. is um, is kindergarten, but it starts... It, they can go when they're three years old. Yes. They don't have to go full day. So Judah went in the mornings and you picked him up after lunch. Yes. And brought him home to take a nap here. Yeah. But next year, we're going to let him go all day because he wants to. <laughs> Not because oh, yeah. we oh, need him to. Oh, he's been asking and asking Because a lot of people me. use it for child care. Yes. So if the mom works. Yes. But he just wants to. So he'll take a nap there, and then you'll pick him up at like 3 or 4 in the afternoon or right. something. Right. Um, so it's cool because... Um, the way that ours is, and I guess not all of them are like this, but ours is, they actually have, um, so the moms do, the moms can use it almost as like a daycare as well. Because it's public school. It we is. We're not sending them to private school. No, it is the private. And that was is, important Yes, yeah, the us. public school. This is the public preschool, if you will, kindergarten mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Yeah. So other moms and kids who live in our neighborhood. Which is Really cool. And so you guys ride the tra- public transportation mm-hmm. every day. Yep. You walk there and you go to school just like every other Hungarian. That was like part of yes. part of the cultural adaptation is become one of the people who live here. Not, right. okay, we're going to go to the expensive private school where they're, you know, learning instruments and music theory and right. 12 languages. Right. They don't even speak English there. It was a bear for me to get them signed up. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there was one teacher I almost no that Hungarian speaks back then. some English. She's, she's not gone. there now. Yeah, she <laughs> she's gone. Halfway through the school year. Uh, so, you know, it's been interesting. But, yeah, it's cool because... But it's been all Hungarian. Yeah. And he will go there until he is six. So yes. from the ages of three to six, they can be an Ovoda. I think two years is the minimum they have to go. They don't have yeah. to start when they're three. Um, but they have to go two years and then once they turn seven, it's six or seven, it depends on when their birthday is. Yeah. Um, that's when they actually go to like primary school, like elementary school. Right. Um, right. But it's, yeah, no problem. Um, it's cool because, so they can, you know, be there as young as three and, um, maybe even a little younger, but they, uh, his particular, the ones in our neighborhood mix the age groups. Mm -hmm. So there's there were some you know four five four and five year olds too and it's cool because of the older kids being there they're helping teach the younger ones as well as the teachers that was really cool i liked that having the mixed play because they do play most of the morning right they do they They take them outside and they learn things they do crafts like a lot of time just playing outside together it is 
which is great. And especially because Judah hadn't had that, a lot of that interaction, mm -hmm. you know, it was starting to get warm before Ovoda and I tried to take him to the park when I could. Um, but yeah, so he had the older kids teaching him. He had kids his age and um, obviously he was learning being in church and, you know, right. how to play with other kids. But well, we life. didn't have that anymore. We didn't. So we that didn't was gone. We didn't have that structure. Right. So this was important for structure. <laughs> Very. In our family life. He started, like, he had a hard time napping, which was weird for him. He always yeah. took, he was very structured for his naps back in the day. But when we got here, his naps, he wasn't taking naps every day. And he they wasn't. weren't taking them well. They were very spotty. And we didn't really know why. But then it made sense later. Once we went to school and every day the nap was mm -hmm. consistent again. He just wasn't tired. He yeah. didn't get worn out in the morning. Right, I wasn't wearing him out because. In the winter and you stayed inside. And mm -hmm. and so like now he comes home every day and he's worn out, tuckered he's out. ready takes for a nap. A nap. <laughs> and that was just such so huge for routine for you guys right. and structure. And, um, and then obviously the language because he has spent <laughs> one full school year. And I wouldn't say that he speaks it at the level of other four-year-olds yet. <laughs> um, like he's not fluent for a fluency is such a weird word, but like for that age, yeah, for that age, he's not where the other Hungarian kids are at right. yet, but he is getting very close. Right. Like he, he does. We see when he is with a group of Hungarian kids, it takes a minute when he goes to school. It doesn't, but, but there's a little switch in his head that will flip eventually yeah. when he goes to school. It's very context situation oriented. I've noticed, mm -hmm. um, because we'll practice at home, but we mix it. We call yeah. it, Hunglish. We mix the Hungarian <laughs> and the English to help each other learn. And he'll do that, but he, he the switch doesn't flip. No, it doesn't. And but especially when he's playing, it does. Oh, so much. The second we go to any kind of park, gosh, when we were at the mall the other day with that little girl. Yeah, the she was from the Ukraine. Yeah, so he was, he was trying confused to speak. why she didn't speak English or Hungarian. Right. Yeah. And so he will instantly just change and start talking to them and you know, as best he can in Hungarian. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's been huge. Um, obviously for him, just learning the language, little things like him coming home and I didn't teach him how to use scissors and he's using yeah, scissors. Yeah. They do hygiene things there. So mm -hmm. they're teaching him to, you know, how to brush their teeth. And he's showing me how he does this. Obviously I would try yeah. to brush. Well, his that's kind of cool too. Cause like I didn't go to preschool in America. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you did. No, I didn't. But, uh, like, that's not something we would have necessarily made him do if we lived in America because think, yeah. our church is so good and and we have enough stuff enough mm -hmm. and you weren't wouldn't be working full time that it's like it right. wasn't necessary. Right. But here, for a lot of reasons, it was necessary. Yeah. And it's just, I, I do feel like the, it's a little different. It's a little more old school. It's a little more traditional. Yeah. It is very much like a family of 20 kids who come. It really and is. And he'll have the same teacher for the for the three years Which that is he's so in Oboda. Cool. I love so that. So they really do become like other moms. And oh, they, yeah. And they love the kids and they're teaching. And they, I was so worried about, we both were. We were just worried that he would get a teacher who would be annoyed Yes. That he didn't speak yes. the language um, and that that would bother them or that they wouldn't try to reach out. Right. But kind of God maybe... really blessed us with an amazing <sighs> couple of teachers that love They're him. They're fantastic. And, and he's just been like their little project. Oh, like, yeah. Like we're like, do you want to tell, tell the story about the, the first day on orientation? Yes. Yeah. So the, the first day we went there, so they had the parents come and, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so it was cool. I got to kind of, you know, just be a part of it. But um, they 
when we got started, they called all the kids into the circle um, and went around and had all the kids say their name and stuff. And then um, whenever, correct me if I get it wrong. Um, I, w- I wasn't there. This, this is your story. I know. I've, I've told you before, <laughs> though. So, me, yeah. I mean, after I tell it a while, I start to forget details. But basically, um, when they got to Judah, you know, he's in English, you know, my name's Judah. And but it was cool because um, their teacher then told all the kids, you know, Judah is from America and he doesn't speak Hungarian. And so um, we all need to help him learn Hungarian. Um, basically, you know, can we all can we all help him learn? And all the kids in in Hungarian said yes or again. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool because from the very beginning, instead of, you know, them not knowing why isn't this kid talking to us and maybe kind of, you know, pushing him aside. Mm-hmm. The teacher was so good and very um, purposefully, you know, telling the kids, you know, this is why he can't yeah. speak and, and making him a part. And like, so the, all the kids help him. I've it's seen it. And it's so, yeah. it's so great. I can't recommend that enough. The like not now, listen, when he gets older, like, Will he always go to a strictly public school? I, I don't know. I don't, we'll cross that bridge when we get there because we're also going to have to make sure that he can read and write English right. at, a, at a good level as well. So, right. you know, will we need to make sure that there's a lot more options for schooling in a city like Budapest than there is yeah. in Philadelphia. It's not like you go to the high school. Right. It's like there's every level that you reach, elementary school, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. they're not exactly the same. But every level that you complete, you then have like a hundred options based on your grades and your goals yeah. for the next level. Yeah. You know, so it so we'll see. But for now at this level, I'm so happy that we went with the local public Me too. school because it's been he's wonderful. also learning the culture. So he's he learns yes. and he sings their little Hungarian Christmas songs. He oh, learns their I little Christmas it. traditions, their what do they do on Easter and, mm-hmm. and all of those things that we don't know. We're learning too. Right. We actually learn half the time from him. Right. And, and by stuff that they send home from the school. Which has been really you fun know? And then me. we talk to our <laughs> friends and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we sing yeah. those songs. Because they don't, you know, if you just ask your friend, hey, what do you do when you were a kid for Easter or Christmas? I like, don't know. Yeah, because it's just what they've always done. It'd be like if yeah. you asked an American what. What was every single tradition you had? Right. Like, I don't know, man. It was just life. Right. But then you tell them, hey, Judah did this. What's that all about? They're like, oh, yeah, that that thing. And, and then and they'll then explain, explain it, it to you. Yeah. yeah. So that's been a <laughs> lot of fun for me just because I'm also getting to, well, obviously you too, mm-hmm. learn some of the culture things through him for because sure. he's doing it. And so, yeah, yeah that's been fun. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that been really cool. Um Let's let's get a little more serious now as we as we start to wind down. Um, how it's okay. There's no wrong answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've evolved emotionally or otherwise um, as, as a mom, as a wife over the last two years since we first arrived, or or do you feel like you've changed? Because obviously we we've changed. We've grown. Absolutely. Um, are completely different situation. What's different? What's what's the same? Um, I don't know. That's kind of a deep question. Uh, but, you know, since we arrived here, obviously you're more comfortable. It doesn't, like we talked about earlier, it doesn't bother you that you don't know everything. It did at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as, as a mom, um, Judah was two years old when we came here. He's four now. Yeah. 
by the time we visit America again, which will be soon, I'll tease that. We're going to talk <laughs> about that before we end the episode. He'll have lived almost half his life in Hungary. Right. At this current time, he's more of a Hungarian than he is an American. Which is so crazy. Um, which is, yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, so have, have you changed over time just as a mom or, or emotionally just as, as a person? Is, do you feel like you're different today than you were in 2020? Um, I, I would think so. It sounds silly, but I'm kind of off a hard question to specifically answer because I don't know if I have a specific. Well, I know I didn't brief you with um, questions before. Um, I'm just thinking like I would say uh, like, so like for if, me. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like as far as I just I kind of feel like maybe I. I don't worry about things as much. Mm. Um, I I. Were you more guarded at first just because yeah. everything was new? <clears throat> yeah. So, like, that mama instinct is, like, you have to protect constantly. Yes. Yes. And, and we're in a big city. We came... Right. I, I always tell people, we didn't just move to a new country. We moved from a small city to a capital city. Yeah. We moved from the Midwest to Central Europe. We moved from America to Hungary. And, like, there, there's so many variables that it was, like, kind of overwhelming at the yes beginning. yes and so in the beginning i just kind of felt like i i i i had to i had to do this i have to do this i have to make sure this and this and you know just because everything like you said everything is completely new mm-hmm. um and so i feel like now i'm just more <laughs> sounds silly because obviously i was reliant on the lord to yeah but you're not get as us here. on high alert yeah, I think I was before. just on high alert on everything. Like and something as simple, at least for me, is like even just walking down the street. Like I wouldn't even let him walk without like always having his hand on the sidewalk. Same. But now it's like he's used to cars and bikes and motorcycles whizzing yes. by. And so I still watch him, of course. I mean. Right. But I'm not as on high alert as I was. Or yeah. like getting like, I, okay, this is a dumb example, but I just thought of it. When we, whenever we're at the tram stops, we ride the tram all the time, which is literally a, a tram that is on tracks that is in the middle, in the median of mm-hmm. the main road that we're near. And that used to freak me out, like, standing at the tram stop because, like, that thing whizzes by you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, someone's going to get hit by this thing. Mm-hmm. But nobody does. No. Like, you, you get so used to it coming, and you see it from so far away. And so, like, I used to be so worried and make Judah stand way back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now it just doesn't, I still hold his hand when it's coming. Right. But it just doesn't freak me out as much as it did at first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think. I'm not saying I let him play on the train tracks. Well, no, of course <laughs> like, not. I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Just, I think all those things. So just everyday life, I think just because it feels. It feels like home now here. Yeah. And so when we first got here, everything being new, everything was just, like you said, on high alert just because you don't know anything. You can't understand anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that's all just it's kind of just like normal. So I think I'm just yeah. more uh, relaxed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. calm as just as if I would be at our home in America. Yeah. And um, just, you know new things don't freak me out well even what about like so 
you know, we lived in a house in a small mm-hmm. town. Now we live on the fourth floor of an apartment building. Yeah. We have a large balcony, which is awesome. I love that thing. Because we get to go outside because we don't have a yard. Right. Um, and so we utilize that all the time. And But at first you were so freaked out. Oh, yeah. About, I didn't like that thing floor. at it's first. About Judah going out there. Um, but you both have both calmed down to yeah. where like you, you both have, you have plants out there that you guys water and yes. take care of. Oh, he loves He's got a small that. little kitty pool that he splashes yeah. around in. I think I was just very overprotective when we first got here about like everything anything we did. Everything was right. new. Everything was new. Like you said, getting on the tram was freaked me out. Going to the store, going out onto the balcony, that sounds silly, but I'm afraid of heights. And so... Um, just being near the edge was like freaked me out, and I didn't want Judah even to go out on the balcony because I'm like he's just gonna, you know, it, there's a gap and he's gonna slip right down through, and I'm not mm-hmm. looking for a second. He's gonna like, oh yeah, I think I was just very nervous and anxious about a lot of things that mm-hmm. I didn't even maybe at the time realize I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now I just feel like I'm mm-hmm. just a lot more calm about things and i don't know if i answered your question absolutely is there anything that um that god showed you early on because i I mean i could go on and on about things that because i mean we were so reliant on the lord that first year Mm -hmm. especially the first six months spent a lot of time with the lord and Mm -hmm. he showed me a lot in prayer and in the word that taught me a lot about myself and and him but also got me through Mm -hmm. that time but like is there anything that, that God showed you specifically or taught you about yourself or about him that um, that was specific to that first period of time that we got here? Um, hmm. I would say, gosh, I got I to gotta just really think back. Um, it's, it feels like so long ago. It now, really it? does. It's kind of crazy. It does. Um, Honestly, I was, and when we got here, I was just going through a lot. We had, well, obviously, just the whole move of everything and moving away from friends and family. But, you know, I was also dealing with um, my grandpa passing away. Like, like right, but like, yeah, left, like yeah. the Sunday before we left his funeral. And so I had all of that and like leaving my family behind during all of that hard situation and I just had a lot of emotions I was dealing with and I just, I just think, you know, nothing exactly specific, but he really just helped me through all of that. Just being able to, I really just, just him, I just feel like, I don't know, gosh, my emotions are starting to, I'm, I'm doing a bad job. Um, I think just he just really proved to me that he was in control of everything, mm. um, no matter the circumstance, because just of, you know, everything being so uncertain and everything being new. And, you know, I'm I'm the daughter that could live across the street from my family the rest the my whole life. And mm. I would be OK would with fun, that. Yeah. And so stepping out in faith and knowing that, you know, that's not the life that we're going to have. And that's not what the Lord has for us, but still just 
knowing that he, because of other things that have happened, that he is always there to take care of us. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think just, I just feel like it was just, I just had the need to lean on him, um, through all the, all the difficulties. Yeah. We had to lean on him. And And without doing that, there's very few times living in America that you, you have to, unless something tragic happens. Right. And especially, you know, you're also away from your church family. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just not having that regular ness Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, I feel like I was just, I just had to really heavily rely on the Lord and your my, personal relationship. Yeah. With him. My personal not, relationship, not just with the him. fellowship of the church, which is important. Right. Not absolutely. just fellowship with your family, which is important. Right. But your personal one-on-one relationship with yeah. God. Yeah. I feel like I just really had to make sure I was in the word and in prayer and spending time and, um, not just shutting myself down because mm-hmm. of how hard it was. Like it, I'm, I'm the type of person that would just, Pretend like everything's fine and everything's okay and and just, yeah, yeah, and just, you know, go through the motions and could just not lean on the Lord, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And so I just really tried to not do that this this time and make sure I really Mm -hmm. leaned on him and, and really focused on our... Like, and he did. Oh. He came through every single time from residence permits oh, to... Oh, yeah. He proved himself. Getting a bank account. I mean, it was just so much, so many crazy things. Because even when we came here, we weren't sure that we were going to be able to get in during COVID. And we right. didn't know what we were doing. And I was making phone calls when we first arrived because we got here right around the holidays. So I couldn't really mm-hmm. get a hold of anyone in the government office until after Christmas and New Year's. Right. And then they're like, oh, yeah, man, we've got your, like, visa thingies down here. Like, you need to come get these now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Like, it was right. just, But, like, he just always provided a way or provided someone to help us. Yes. There's been people that have come and went man. in our lives here that, that we don't, we haven't talked to since we first got here. Mm-hmm. But I can I can think of two, three, or four right off the top of my head people who that God gave us right in those first couple of months that helped us accomplish things yeah. that we just wouldn't have been able to at first. And I haven't seen them in over a year. No. But God provided, and and that was huge. Yeah. Because you, know, you set up those stones like in Joshua. You know, you set up those right. stones from the middle of the Jordan River, and when it's hard again in the future, you look back on those things. You're like, yeah, God took care of that. Yeah. And he will again. Right. And I, yeah, I guess I just feel like the biggest thing that was, is just basically like the, like he, he's got this, he's got us no matter what circumstance we've been in and through, you know, everything that we've, you know, deputation and, and the whole process of getting to where we are now Mm -hmm. that the Lord, he's, he's got this Mm -hmm. like. Just, it's the silly cliche, let go and let God, like, <laughs> yeah. like you can't control anything. Mm-hmm. I'm here quit to, yeah, to, quit trying. Yeah. Just let me For take sure. care of it and I will take care of you. And I feel mm-hmm. like he just always has proven that a yeah. hundred times over for us, for everything we've been Absolutely. through. Especially even since deputation, like yes. really ever since 2019. Yeah. Um, when we first started, um, now, with that being said, we are going to move on to the next stage of our life here, and we're adding another 
baby boy. We are. We are. He's due in November. November. So we are going to have. We're kicking around a few names. No names yet. Yep, but, baby uh, boy number two. Mm-hmm. So um, that means that uh, we will be heading back to America for our first visit since moving to Hungary. We will. Just booked tickets the other day. Yes, it's official. Um, we'll be coming back in mid-September uh, to have the baby in November. Yep. And then, obviously, we're just, since we're there, we're going to stay through the holidays. And it'll be the first time being with our family for the holidays uh, since uh, 2019, yeah. technically. Yeah. So so that'll be cool. Um, so we'll be back in America in mid-September, Lord willing. Um have the baby in November and then stay through the holidays and then come back to Hungary in January. Yeah. And that'll be awesome because next year, well, I'll save that for another time, but I'm very excited for what I think the Lord is. Ah, um, yes. Just the vision for the ministry and stuff next year, starting in 2023. So, um, but um, all that being said, you know, now we're, we're going to, so we're going to have the baby in America, but, you know, do all the paperwork we got to do and then bring him back here and uh now it'll be a family of four and that'll be so crazy do you i don't know what are your thoughts just about you know we've already done this we've already had (laughs) well we've already had a two-year-old in hungary and Mm -hmm. on a plane but we've never had an infant on a plane and in hungary and you know what i mean it's like most of this we've already done but there's still right i feel like being a missionary there's always going to be something new it's like man we haven't done that yet i don't know how to do that Oh, I know. Um, I don't know how to have two kids on the field. I don't know how to take an infant. I mean, we'll figure it out because we always have, and God has always been yes. there. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Judah's super excited, of course, oh, to be a big is. brother. Very excited. But I mean, just to, I feel like this one will grow up even more like a Hungarian oh, than Judah did from, from birth. Yeah. Learning the language from birth rather than right. from since he started school at three. Right, because he'll just... I mean, obviously, and and we'll be speaking more Hungarian as well. So, you know, he'll hear it that way. But, yeah, just getting into, Mm -hmm. he'll just already be immersed in it Mm -hmm. from the beginning. For sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're excited about that. We're excited excited. to see you guys um, in the fall. I mean, we won't be doing a ton of traveling, uh, obviously, because the main (laughs) reason we're coming back is is Brooke will be eight eight, nine months Very pregnant, pregnant. And, a baby, and then it'll be around the holidays, but we're going to strategically uh, try to be at a few conferences, LFF conferences, so that we can see a lot of people, and, and I'm sure I'll, I'll make a few trips out too, but excited to see people again. It's been a long time. Very excited. Um, it's good, babe. We should probably wrap up here. Okay. Um, any last, I don't know, things you want to say? Like, obviously, we haven't figured everything out. No, <laughs> we haven't even started our church yet. We're we're we haven't fluently learned the language yet, but we've been learning, and God's been teaching us a lot. Um, you know, we've only got one kid, but we're gonna have two. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, just as a missionary wife and mom, that you've learned along the way that you would give as advice for a future missionary wife or mom, or even just pastor's wife or mom? Um, anything like in 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 this context what we've been talking about yeah you know what i mean yeah i know i'm putting you on the spot we I, no, I, okay. I didn't give you any of these questions and beforehand. i'm sorry because i well, my no, mind I, goes blank no i didn't want it to be really an interview i just wanted us to chat you yeah know? so is, yeah. is there anything you can think of off the top of your head that you would tell 
Um, yeah. Future missionary wives. Future missionary wives. wives. Yeah. And moms. Yeah. So this might just sound silly and I'll have other things as well. Um, but my big thing, it's just a silly little saying that has always just helped me through any deputation, hard situation, or just any circumstance because everything is just so different. My little saying, as you know, is it's not forever. It's just for now. Mm-hmm. And it, and for me, like, so when you're in, a, you're in a hard situation, you're in a stranger's house, you're, you have your, you know, living out of suitcases, yeah, and... living out of suitcases for who knows how long. And, and you got your, your kid who doesn't have any stability and, you know, you're visiting all these different new churches and a bunch of new people constantly, you know, just, it's not forever, just for now. And, and just telling myself, like, I can do this. I can do this because it's, this isn't life always, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's good parts to it, but sure, then there's hard sure. parts to it. And so with those hard parts, just reminding yourself that, you know, this isn't how life is always going to be, you know, the Lord's got it's a you. Stage. Yeah. It's just a stage. And, um, you know, just trust the Lord. He knows, he knows, you know, when you struggle and when you don't and just, you know, rely on him and trust your husband. He, you know, he's going through a hard time too. And so just making sure that you're there for him as well in any way that he needs. Um, cause he's going to do the same for you, you know, would you say, you know, for the wife and it's obviously it's important to communicate how you're doing mm-hmm. to the husband. Cause obviously like if you're a supportive wife and you know, your husband is having a rough time or it's just really busy, you're going to try to support him. But like, you also don't want to just push down your own feelings. Like, right. You got to balance that have, somehow because yes. you know, then you're going to just blow up at some point. Absolutely. Suppressing everything. And, right. Know? And he's Good not going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, definitely. Um, just making sure you keep that communication open. Like if you, if you need to have an hour long distance phone call with your mom, then do just say it. Yeah. Like, Hey, can, can tonight after the kids go to bed, do you mind if I talk? Like, obviously yeah. that's never going to be a big deal, but it's like, just like, don't talk. be afraid to say or ask mm-hmm. about, excuse me, sorry. Things like that. Make sure you are being honest with your husband and not just feeling like you have to be the supportive rock behind him mm-hmm. um, who is just always fine. Like yeah. it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And no, to communicate real. that with your husband. Cause He's not going to know, you know, us as women, we want him to just realize how we're feeling and figure mm. it out, but he's not going to always know. Right. So making sure. And as sure, long as you both are on the same page that yeah. we're all in this together, we're not going home. Right. We're not quitting. No. Well, then it's, of course it's okay to not be okay because we're all, we all know what you just said. It's not forever. It's just for now. Yeah. And, uh, and wh- we can whatever do this, this together. hard thing is that we're going through. Yeah. We're all in it together all and together. we'll all get through it. You're not alone. Because you're all you're all in it together, yeah. and so. Anything for mom specifically? Um. I guess just making sure, you know, because. I guess the way I wanted to, because you know, when you're doing deputation, it's it's the, the the husband who is the one getting up in front of the church and speaking and talking and doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my role and the way I felt like I was helping and doing my part was making sure that Judah was taken care of. So making sure that 
I can take any maybe stress off of you that I could by making sure that I was doing everything I could with Judah so mm. that you could focus on the part that you needed to. Um, so I guess, you know, and as things, a team, like that's a really important role. Yeah. Even now, like what, I don't know, what, what do you feel your role is as a missionary mom? Like we, we don't have a church yet. I, that it's starting. The right. foundation is being laid. Praise yeah. God. It's awesome to watch as it's happening in real time. It really is so um, cool. But we don't have that structure. We're used to having a structure with children's ministry mm-hmm. that's laid out from birth until graduation mm-hmm. at 18. Um, but we're building that here. It's going right. to take a while. Uh, but right now we don't have it. And so like you don't have that structure. So like mm-hmm. as a missionary mom or wife, like, you know, what what do you feel like your role is at, the, at this stage? You know? At this stage? <coughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just feel like my role is to, um, I'm sorry, kind of like it would be almost at home, um, keeping the house and making sure, you know, that Judah's good and taken care of in any way that the house is, you know, um, (laughs) you want to say clean and taken care of as well. Um, teaching Judah really just being like, Holding down the fort at home. Does that make sense? Does yeah. that sound silly? Well, no. In the first six months we were here, we didn't have a church to go to. No. We couldn't. They were Mm-mm. closed. So we watched FBC on Sundays for something. Yeah. But you also took Judah through uh, Bible lessons. Like mm-hmm. you were teaching him yeah, the Bible and, and mem- doing right. You still do memory verses. And that's what I him. try to do. And yeah. it was so sweet. FBC sent me um, the yeah, little memory verses. Yes. Sending us children's curriculum. I've got almost like a, yeah, almost a, like a year of it and the little memory verse things for the fridge. And so, um, you know, not having, uh, the church in the beginning on Sundays, I tried to read him either the lessons from FBC that they gave us or, you know, little, um, things from the Bible and get little, you know, print out crafts and stuff and, uh, do memory verses and things almost like you would as if he was in, uh, children's church in his little class on Sundays Mm. and stuff. And so, um, just trying to do that and and teach Judah and, you know, when he wasn't in school, still trying to teach him little things like, you know, his alphabet and the sounds and, Mm -hmm. um, but then also making sure I'm keeping the home, um, in a way that would be helpful to you, if that makes sense. Like, you know, no. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's good, though, is, like, you you don't feel... I guess what I'm getting at is, like, you don't feel like you're not a part of no. the team and the ministry. Like, maybe right. some ladies would be like, well, I'm, I just feel like I'm over here trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And no. It's like, no, we, I mean, there's pretty clear-cut defined roles that we all need to yeah. be doing in order for this to be successful. Absolutely. You know? No, like, I feel like, <laughs> right, this is my part. And especially in this beginning stage, whenever... Like you said, we don't have a lot going on. We have some things here and there, but, um, so I feel like my, my role is to just continue to hold down the fort at home and make sure everything is running stability. like a, yeah, keeping it, yeah, keeping it's that, that the really stability has, at the home. theme of what you've been talking about. And, and now I can see since we started deputation 2019 has been, you've been just trying to keep everything stable yeah. for, especially for Judah, but for the family too. Right. Yeah, keeper of the home. Yes, um, yes. For sure, and, and you've I, done a fantastic I, job at thank that. Thank you. And, uh, and, you know, it'll be new, uh, you know, when we visit America for an extended stay. It we'll will. Be visitors. It'll be legitimate visitors. <laughs> it'll be very strange. It'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be but, fun. But different. And then uh, bringing back a, a, new, a new baby, it'll be a new stage, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
it, it'll be cool. And we're trusting the Lord. Well, anyway, babe, thanks for doing it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you guys for listening um, every week and coming back. If you haven't uh, listened to previous episodes or seasons, there's two full seasons before this. This is season three of this podcast. And for those of you who listen every week and have heard all the episodes, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this one was a little bit more of just like a – uh, an interview and a personal update just in life and ministry. And so I hope that you guys found that interesting, but, uh, thank you guys once again for checking it out. We'll see you back here. Same time, same place next week on the next episode of missionary Roundtable. until then. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share us on social media. Also, please make sure to check out our other podcast, Theology Roundtable, at theologyroundtable.com.